You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for December 24th, 2023, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend John Kennedy. It's based on Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Well, good morning, all. It's really nice to see the crowd who is going to be in church twice today. It's really good to see you all and to be with you all today. I'm going to try to keep this short for two reasons. One is you might have been able to hear my voice is not really entirely here. Uh, in, in the opening hymn and in the psalm, I, I just had to sort of give up at a certain point, a certain notes that my voice was just not going to, which is a vast improvement over the past couple of days where I couldn't get you know entire sentences out, uh, even spoken at this uh, depth of, of pitch. So I'm grateful that at least I can be um, coherent today. But uh, nevertheless, the fewer words for me, probably better for, for me and, and, and for you as well, because who wants two long sermons in one day, right? So um, th- that leads me to the second uh, uh, consideration here is that it is December 24th. And of course, we have a lot of church uh, later on this evening. So in this sermon, I want to talk about the person without whom Christmas would not be possible, Mary. As the story is told in the gospel we just heard, the birth of Jesus depended in some very real way upon Mary's yes. An angel appears to her and announces to her that she has been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah, of the Son of God. What an awesome, even terrifying thing this is to be faced with carrying divinity in her body, to be pregnant with a child that does not have a human father, to be caught up in the center, in the nucleus, the destiny of her people, of the people of God, and indeed the destiny of the entire world. It has been said that the salvation of the world depended on Mary's response to this calling, that the whole world waited for Mary's answer. And we are waiting this morning as well. We are waiting, of course, for Christmas. It is only hours away now. We can basically reach out and touch it. All the Advent candles are lit, a full circle with the Christ candle in the center, which we will light this evening for our Christmas celebrations. We've arrived at the fullness of time of our Advent vigil of hopeful, expectant waiting. Likewise, in Nazareth, 2,000 years ago, the fullness of time had also arrived. The long gestation of the hopeful, expectant waiting of the people of God for salvation. And Mary, probably only a teenager, was the chosen vessel through whom that salvation was to be born. We can imagine, perhaps, the angel Gabriel and even God the Father waiting on her answer. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, the 12th century mystic and founder of the Cistercian monastic order, wrote this, The angel awaits your answer, Mary. We too await your merciful word. Adam stands here weeping with his poor exiled children and awaits your answer. Abraham is here 
and David. The whole world is prostrate at your feet and waiting. On your words depend consolation, liberation, rescue, the salvation of all Adam's children. And of course, she answers, yes. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Now, what if she had said no? That's a natural question, right? Could God have found somebody else? Of course, we can't know the answer to this, really. But there is a sense, I think, in Scripture that there was something special about Mary. That she was uniquely suited in some way to be the mother of God. My mind naturally goes to the uh, movie from about 25 years ago with Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller, There's Something About Mary. Or in the words of today's collect, uh, she was a mansion that was prepared for Christ. The angel Gabriel greets her as favored one, or as it says in the Vulgate, the fourth century Latin translation of the Bible, Hail Mary, full of grace. And while the NRSV translation that we use in our liturgies here leaves this out, some ancient manuscripts of the Gospel of Luke include, Blessed are you among women. Now taken together, this is of course the scriptural basis for the Hail Mary, the Ave Maria. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now that last phrase comes a little later in this chapter of Luke's Gospel when Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth greets her with those words. Also from Mary's uh, visit to Elizabeth is the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, which we just sang together in place of our customary psalm. Now the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, has been used in Christian worship and liturgy since antiquity. It is said daily at Vespers or evening prayer by monks, nuns, and other Christians who pray around the world. Now, in the Magnificat is a prediction, uh, a rather bold claim made on Mary's part. She says, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. And how right she was. There is evidence for devotion and veneration of Mary going back to the second century with paintings in Roman catacombs and the writings of second century theologians such as Irenaeus. And devotion to Mary flourished in the fifth century with the ecumenical councils of Ephesus and Chalcedon, which we as Anglicans recognize and which affirmed Mary as the mother of God or the Theotokos. The significance of Mary in the lives of Christians all over the world to this day and throughout time cannot be overstated. Marian pilgrimage sites are some of the most popular in the whole world. The Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth, Lourdes in France, Guadalupe in Mexico, to name just a few. People pour in from all over the world to get close to Mary. For millennia, she has captured the imagination and hearts of artists, poets, and ordinary people. Yet, in reaction to the sometimes excessive elevation of Mary in the medieval Roman Catholic Church, Protestant traditions, such as our own, 
have tended to lose touch with Mary. We've tended to go much too far in the other direction. And so we don't tend to honor her or connect with her or think about her very often or very well. Here at St. Mark's, there are people who are wonderfully devoted to Mary. There is a weekly rosary prayer group. But take a look at the Raritas. And this is magnificent thing. Somebody who I was talking to this morning said it's the most beautiful thing in the world, and it just might be. There are 184 figures on it. We have stars, planets, plants, animals, biblical figures, saints, reformers, uh, the symbol of the UN. But who's missing? Mary. Mary is missing from the Raritas. In fact, there are only four women at all on the Raritas, all from the Old Testament. And this is a shocking omission, I think. And perhaps it is emblematic of Mary's omission in many of our spiritual lives. And yet regardless, Mary is here to help us to help us live our lives as followers of Jesus. In her humility and her contemplative disposition, she is a powerful example of what it is to be open to God, to be people through whom God's light shines. We can learn from her. But more than that, we can draw near to her Insofar as we as the church are the body of Christ, Mary is our mother as well. And so as Christmas is upon us, perhaps we might take some time to learn from Mary and call upon her prayers and her motherly love to help us, like her, be mansions prepared for Christ. Amen. can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanon.org.